Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Are we glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Can we increase our amen a bit? Amen. amen. <clears throat> this is the place to rejoice. This is the place to be on Sunday morning. Amen. amen. What I want to share with you today, I'll just give you an introduction so that you can understand this, especially those of you who exercise your faith often. Because if you are a Christian, you walk by faith. Amen. Faith is not an option for a Christian, it's a way of life. But have you realized that there are times sometimes when you are believing God for something, but you feel like it's taking too long? Amen. Have you ever had such an experience? You feel unbelieving, but it just seems it's taking too long. And sometimes you believe in God, but you just feel I'm anxious. It's like you are worried. You still say, I'm still believing God, but I'm concerned. I'm worried. It seems something is not right. Amen? So now, what the Lord shared with me, which encourages so that our faith may not fail, we need to understand that faith cannot work alone. Amen. Take a simple example. If you are anxious, then you will be worried, isn't it? And worry and faith cannot go together, isn't it? So it means worry can actually hinder your faith. So it means when we talk about faith, we need other forces around it to anchor our faith. Okay? So I think just so that you understand it, let's go to 2 Peter before I give you the title of the message. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 to 8 in the Good News Translation. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 8, GNT. Because everything that God has promised us, we need to appropriate it into our lives by faith. But then, there may be times when you think faith is not working well. There may be times when you think it's taking too long. There may be times when you feel um, uh, and all the joy and the happiness is gone. Amen. Now, I want you to look at this second Peter chapter 1. Now, I started understanding some of the things, and when we come to the subject of the day, then you will start understanding the power of the fruit of the Spirit in every aspect. But I want you to look at the second Peter 1, 3 to 8, good news. Is anybody going to read it for us, or should I read? Our readers are in Atlantis. Okay. It says, God's divine power has given us everything we need to live a truly religious life through our knowledge of the one who called us to share in his own glory and goodness. So it's according to God, he has already provided for you everything you need. Can you tell your neighbor, according to God? He has already provided to you everything you need. Because he says his divine power has given us everything we need to live a truly religious life through our knowledge of the one who has called us to share in his own glory and goodness. He says in this way he has given us the very great and precious gifts he has promised. So it says he has already done it. But sometimes you find you don't have it yet. But it says he has already done it. But then you feel, I don't see it yet. Okay? And then he says, So that my means of these gifts you may escape from the destructive lust that is in the world and may come to share the divine nature. Now, I want you to look at verse 5 closely. For this reason, do your very best to add. Everybody say add. Yes. To add goodness to your faith. Why are you adding? It means faith alone cannot work. Did you get that? It says, 
do for this very reason do your best to add goodness to your faith to your goodness add knowledge to knowledge add self control to self control add endurance to endurance add godliness to godliness add christian affection to your christian affection add love do you see that mm. so it means no wonder sometimes when you are just exercising faith alone you feel it's it seems it's not working you need to add amen so let me repeat verse 5 for this very reason do your best to add goodness to your faith to goodness add knowledge to knowledge add self control to your self control add endurance to endurance add godliness to your godliness add christian affection to your christian affection add love now if i say goodness self control endurance or, or or patience love what am i talking about the fruit of the spirit isn't it yeah so i want you to start understanding we are going to dwell in one of them so that you understand how your faith is anchored by the full fruit of the spirit so when it says to your faith add goodness to goodness add knowledge to knowledge add self control to self control add endurance so you need all these things then verse 8 says these are the qualities you need did you see that tell your neighbor you need them amen so it means it's not just only pastor i have faith and i've been standing in faith and it seems it's not working you need all these He says these are the qualities you need and if you have them in abundance they will make you active and effective in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've got these gifts if you've got these uh, qualities then your Christian work will be effective. Okay? Let's do it in the TPT the 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 passion translation. Listen to this in the passion. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Did you hear that? Everything we need, we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a religious manifestation of his goodness and as a result of this he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price you see how the promises are like he says he has given us all these magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are in the world now verse 5 So devote yourselves to love vishly supplementing your faith. Everybody say supplement to your faith. Amen. Amen. When you supplement it means that part you are supplementing was not enough alone. You get that? It says supplementing your faith with goodness. And to goodness add understanding and to understanding add strength of self control and to self control add patient endurance to patient endurance add godliness to godliness add mercy toward your brothers and sisters to mercy to add an ending love now listen to this since these virtues are already planted deep within where are all these fruits they are already planted where deep within sunday school this i know was that it's down in my heart where down in my heart it's planted deep within so we already have it down in our hearts it says these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply 
they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless. It means they are the fruit. You get that? So if these qualities are already in you, deposited within you, they will keep you from being ineffective or fruitless in pursuit of your knowing Jesus more intimately. So I want us to talk about the spiritual force of peace. Okay? So we've got all this fruit. Okay? Did you notice that the Bible doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit are? That Galatians, it says the fruit of the Spirit is. Because it means it's got to be the whole full package. Everything being put in that package for you to be effective in your Christian walk. It says these virtues are already planted deep within you. I've got joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. So it's where? It's down in my heart. So let's go to Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Then I want you to start understanding that indeed we need this fruit. And you will start understanding how your faith can be effective and not fail. If you apply the fruit, if you bear this fruit in all its fullness. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 in the King James, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is. Okay? But then he lists several things. Why does he say the fruit of the Spirit is? So it means it's one fruit with all these facets. Is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Okay, other translations use the word faithfulness, but I like it in the King James because now it says faith is also part of the fruit of the Spirit. So he says love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against this there is no law. So it means with our faith, for our faith to work, you need all these other facets of the spirit. Do you get that? Go to Hebrews 6.12. NIV, it says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, have inherited what was promised. So how did they inherit it? Not by faith alone. Through faith and patience. Sometimes some of you, you say, I'm believing God, I'm using my faith, but it's not enough with faith alone. You need faith and patience. You get that? So if he says, we should... Imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promise. So it means if we want to inherit the promise, we cannot inherit the promise by faith alone. Because your faith will crumble under pressure. You need that force of patience to guard your faith. Amen? As you are believing God, we need this other force called patience to guard your faith. Galatians 5, 6b in the King James, he says, but faith which worketh by love. So I want you to see that uh, contrary to what we used to know, where we think faith can work alone, it cannot work alone. There would be times when it will crumble. Okay? You have need to supplement your faith with all these other qualities. Okay? Let's go to Hebrews 10.36 in the King James. It says, for you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now again, you can see what you need. You have need of patience. We get that. Now I've shown you how all these other facets work together with faith. To get your faith so that you may get receive your promise. Now, I want us to zoom in 
to the force called the spiritual force of peace. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 26. We listed peace as one of them, isn't it? In Galatians 5. You saw that. Now I want you to understand how the force of peace will help you when you are going through difficult times. Okay? The peace that Jesus talks about, he says the peace that I give you, I don't give you as the world gives. Because sometimes people think peace, it means absence of war. We're talking peace which is when you are at peace, at rest, even when there are storms around you, you are able to relax in the peace of God. Amen? Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. So if any of you have been troubled, you say, but I'm believing God, but I'm not, I don't have peace. I'm worried. I'm anxious. It means the enemy knows that if he can attack your, the peace of God in you, your faith will not stand. Because you will say, I have faith, I'm believing God, but you cannot sleep. You've got sleepless nights. Because you are worried. And when you are worried, you are not meditating on the word of God. You are meditating on the threats of the enemy. Amen. I say when you are worried, you are not meditating on the word of God. You are meditating on the threats of the enemy. Just think of the things that were troubling you. Everything that you were worried about, that's not the word of God. Amen. It means the enemy is attacking that spiritual force of peace so that you will have no peace. And when you do not have peace, then your faith will crumble. Isaiah 26, 1 to 4 in the Amplified, it says, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. The Lord set up salvation as the walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the uncompromising righteous nation which keeps her faith and her troth may enter in. So this is the nation that keeps her faith. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. So it means if your mind is stayed on God, God will keep, you, keep, keep your heart at peace. Amen? We need this peace. We need this peace of God. Amen? Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord, commit yourself to him, Lean on him, hope confidently forever in him, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So the, that's why Jesus is the prince of peace. We need that peace. Amen. Because you are saying, I'm believing God, I'm trusting God for this, but your heart is troubled. Your heart is troubled. You are not at peace. So it says, Let's go to Isaiah 66, 10 to 14, Amplified. It says, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with joy, joy with her, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast. You need to be consoled that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance and brightness of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river. Why is the Lord extending peace to you? You need that peace. Tell your neighbor you need this peace. Amen. Let not your hearts be troubled. Amen. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because if the enemy can attack this, spirit, this spiritual force of peace in you, your faith will not succeed. He says, for thus saith the Lord, behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. Then you will be nursed, you will be carried on her hips and trotted on her or God's maternal knees. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. You shall be comforted. So we need that comfort of God. 
We need that peace of God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Isaiah 57, 20 to 21, in the King James, I want you to see that when the enemy attacks and he wants to make your faith fail, he will attack even the peace that you have. He will make you get worried, get troubled, get anxious. But look at this, Isaiah 57, 20 to 21. Like the troubled sea, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Okay. If it says the wicked are like the troubled sea, any of you has ever seen the sea troubled? Okay. There is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. Who is supposed to have no peace? The wicked, not you. So when you are troubled, that's not your portion. Tell your neighbor, a troubled heart is not your portion. So the enemy deceives you into being troubled, into being like the troubled sea which cannot rest. So he says the wicked are like the troubled sea which cannot rest. There is no peace, says the Lord, to the wicked, not to you. You, he says, he extends his peace to you like a river. Let the peace of God keep your heart. Even in the middle of the storm, be able to sleep and be calm. Amen. Can I give you a simple example? When some of us, when we grew up uh, with the hearts that were made of mud and thatched roofs, and they were not thatched very well that it would rain and rain on you. And then you couldn't stay in one place. You always had to move around trying to get a spot where there is a bit of quietness. Okay? So it means that rain was actually like you couldn't sleep. You were always moving around. Okay? But imagine people who had the houses that were made with, uh, that were, had good roofs like these modern ones, they would sleep and it would have rained and they would not know. You would just hear them the sec next morning saying, oh, was it raining last night? Isn't it? But for some of you, you would not have slept the whole night. So what was the difference? The other one had a roof that could keep them at peace. For you, you could not rest the whole night. But the rain was the same rain. For this other one, he could sleep. For the other one, he can't sleep. So it's not that your problems are too big. It's just that you need that peace of God to guard and mount garrison your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need that peace. So if you go to Isaiah 48:22, this one I'll just read it and then we are going to pass it. It says, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. So he's repeating it. But let's go to John 14. Verse 1. John 14, verse 1. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. We're doing it in the Amplified. Do not let your hearts be troubled. If somebody says, don't do this, it looks like you've got a choice, isn't it? Hmm? He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He said, no, pastor, I just find myself worrying. My problem is real, pastor. I'm worried, I'm concerned. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't be like a troubled sea. He says, there is no peace for the wicked. The wicked are like a troubled sea. But for you, you can relax in God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Then he says, don't be distressed, don't be agitated. You believe in God and are there and trust in him, rely also in him. And rely also in me. Then verse 27. Peace, I live with you. You see what is the antidote of a troubled heart? The antidote of a troubled heart is the peace of God. So he says, Peace, I live with you. 
My own peace I give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So you need this peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. So I believe that when the Lord has given this message, it means those of you who were now troubled. He is reminding you that's not your portion. It is the wicked who are like a troubled sea who cannot rest. For you, you need to rest in the Lord. You are a child of God. You deserve to rest. Amen. Rest in God. I always like giving this simple example. The other time, Babun uh, also talked about it. I like giving the example of Peter. How much at peace he was even when he was arrested. You remember that story? The Bible says, Herod had arrested um, the disciples and even James was killed before that. Now they had arrested Peter. And he was also facing death, just like they did with James. But when the church was keeping on praying for Peter, the Lord sent his angel to go and deliver Peter from the prison. You remember the story? The Bible says Peter, even though he was fastened in the stocks, he was asleep. And when the angel came, he didn't say, Peter, wake up. Because Peter was so fast asleep. The Bible says he had to, the angel smote him on the side. Have you ever tried to wake somebody up and you call them and they don't wake up? What do you do? Hey, wake up. Now, if somebody is worried and troubled, they can't sleep like that. They would not even be asleep. They would be looking at the hours. It's becoming money soon. They are going to get my head off. Okay? The other time I said to some of you that worry is the interest you pay before you suffer the real punishment. Because whatever you are worried about, even when you are worried about, you, about it, you are not minimizing the punishment. So you're paying double. So you can as well relax and be like Peter, fast asleep, knowing that God is in control. Be like that person whose house is well protected, well guarded, that the rain cannot come in. Then you can sleep and be fast asleep in the middle of the storm. We need the peace of God to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let not your hearts be troubled. John 14, we said 27. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves. Okay, do you have it in the King James, in the Amplified? Stop allowing yourself. Can we all look there? Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And don't permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, and cowardly and unsettled. Stop allowing yourself to be troubled. Stop allowing yourselves to be intimidated. Stop allowing yourselves to be unsettled. Stop allowing yourselves from being troubled. So if any of you, you were worried, stop it. Amen. It says, stop allowing yourselves. So it means you've got a choice. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Keep on believing God. Let not your hearts be troubled. Because God keeps you in perfect peace, those of us who trust in him. As you trust in God, may his peace keep you. May you experience his joy and his faithfulness. Amen. Experience the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 in the Amplified. Actually, Philippians 4, it starts well if you start it from verse 4. Yeah, start it from verse 4. Philippians 4, Amplified, we start it from verse 4. In my notes, I've got it 6 to 7. But I think we also need to see that this fruit of the Spirit, you need the whole package. You need the joy of the Lord to be your strength. 
when you feel like your, your, your bones are crushed and you feel weak, you need that joy. When you feel anxious and you are worried, you need that peace. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. So, rejoicing is a result of the joy that is in you. You don't rejoice because things are going well. You are rejoicing because there is something in you that enables you to always know that God is in control. Amen. It is called the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, it means we need all this for our faith not to fail. So, go to verse 6 to 7. It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. So, you need to rejoice in the Lord. Do not fret or don't have anxiety about don't have anxiety about anything means can we all say anything means anything. Because some of you say, Pastor, but this is a real serious matter. Okay? Anything means anything. It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgivings, continue to make your wants known to God. That is what changes things. Worrying does not change anything. Okay? You can only change things as you pray, as you believe God, as you thank God that he is there with you. Amen? That is what will change things. So he says, instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, let your requests be made known unto God. Tell God what you need and trust him. Tell God what you need and believe in him. Let not your hearts be troubled. So he says, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Verse 7. And God's peace. You remember we're talking about the peace of God. Now it says, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that it is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, that last part. Can we go back to my earlier illustration about a house, a thatched house that's raining and you cannot sleep because it's following you wherever, isn't it? Now, but if your roof is made well and it's a strong roof, maybe it's tiles or whatever, I said you can sleep and enjoy your sleep even in the middle of the rain. Now, it says, the peace of God shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen? So it means when others are troubled, the peace of God is guarding your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that you will not be troubled. Amen. Because others will be concerned and worried about this, worried about this. You remember even Jesus says, people of this world, they worry about many things. He says, don't worry about anything. People are worried about what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we be clothed with? And he says, the Gentiles are seeking after these things. But as for you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Amen. So it means when you have that peace of God, he says, by prayer and supplication, let your request known unto God. So we are not saying your problems are not real problems. We are saying, tell God about them and relax in him. Amen. 
Tell God about them and relax in him. Because Jesus says, who of you by worrying can change anything? Because even if you are given a chance to say, okay, it's fine, worry then the whole night. What happens? The next morning when you wake up, the problem is still there. Actually, did you realize that sometimes by worrying you even worsen the problem? Let's say you are facing a very big problem. The problem is still real and it remains there. Whether you worry about it or not, it will still remain. Now, you get so much worried that you start having depression or stress. You've added to the first problem. Isn't it? Now, instead of us just dealing with your problem, we also have to deal with the depression that you are suffering. You see how the enemy attacks you. Okay? So the enemy realizes it's not easy for you to, to get sick. Because you're using your faith and you're keeping on confessing scriptures. So he will attack your spiritual force of peace so that when you do not have peace, you will be troubled. And as you are troubled, the more you think about the problems, you cannot see God in the picture. And you are keeping on getting worried, keep on getting worried. Now you will start feeling your shoulders starting to get heavy. You start having constant headaches. The problem is still there. So this is just overpayment. You're just paying interest. Isn't it? Because it would have been better if they say, if the problem says, oh, shame, she has already suffered a lot with depression and that then I've got to go. She's already paid. But it doesn't work like that, isn't it? So actually when we worry, we are just compounding the problem. So you could ever as well have just relaxed and say, my God is in control. Amen. I leave it to God. Amen. You say, no, but pastor, it's a real problem. So it's a real problem even if you worry about it. So you can as well leave it to God and enjoy the rest of the few minutes that you have. Amen. So it says, God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. So when you are walking in the peace of God, is that tranquil state of the soul that's assured of its salvation? You just know that God cares for me. We need to have peace like the little children. If you know the around three, between three and five year olds. That's the, the age of the children I like even more. Okay? They trust easily. They forgive very quickly. They, they just relax. They come and ask mommy for something. Mommy says, I will do it. They know it's done. Amen? They don't try to think, how will she do it? Isn't it? They just know it's done. And they go to daddy, if somebody is troubling them, they go to daddy and say, daddy, so and so was doing this. If daddy says I will beat him, she believes daddy will beat him. Amen? And you've got the almighty God, you don't believe your daddy can beat every devil out of here. Amen? Amen. So that's why these little ones, I don't know of a three-year-old who has got stress. And depression. I don't know. The scientists will have to tell us. Okay. I'm a medical doctor by profession also myself. But I haven't heard of the three-year-old suffering depression. It's only you people who think you can solve your own problems. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But as for the little ones, they just sleep and relax. They don't even worry where the next meal is going to come from. Amen? They are like when Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not plant. They don't gather into bands. Yet, your heavenly father keep on providing for them. And he says, you are more precious than all those birds. Amen. So can we do, now we do it in the King James. I'm starting to wind down now. In the King James, that Philippians 4, 6 to 8, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That first part which says, which passes all understanding. This is how I interpret it for me. When it says the peace of God passes all understanding, it means people will be surprised. Let's say if, if we were to say, all of you who are here, if we were to say, come and share your problems with us. Some of the people would say, ah, and you still came to church with such a problem. I would have been dead in my sleep. Or I don't know what I would have done. Maybe I would have even committed suicide if I had gone through what you are going through. So, but you've got that peace that people cannot understand. Why are you still here? Amen. Tell your neighbor, you may not understand what I've gone through. It's the peace of God that has kept me thus far. Amen. So don't share with them your problems. They will be surprised. Amen. You have this peace. It surpasses all human understanding. We can't understand how you're still standing after that. Amen. Now verse 8. I like this one. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So it means when others are thinking on problems, you are thinking on whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. The other time I made this challenge, I said, and I even shared this with my management team at work, I said, take two pages, one, especially these ones with lines. You know the ones with lines that we used to write on? In one, write all your problems, list them. And in the other one, write all the blessings, all the good things. Now, I bet you, if any of you can make 20 problems in your list, come and see me. Because you will realize that you list them and when you come to number five, what else? What's the other one? Now you don't have them anymore. But the devil made it appear as if you've got a lot of problems. But if you start listing this side, the blessings, the psalmist says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives your your sins. He heals all your diseases. He renews your youth like the eagles. He, he, he saves your life from destruction. Now you start thinking, oh, I can see with both my eyes. There are some people who cannot see. I can walk with my feet. There are some people who cannot walk. I've got this. I've got this. I've... You start listing them. Then you start seeing how blessed you are. Amen? That's why he says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. And as you start to think about what you have, then you start feeling, actually, the Lord has blessed me so much. Amen? I have made this my... My, my, my tendency, every morning I thank God that I'm healed. I'm walking in divine health. How many of you know that it's more easy to confess healing when you are healed than when you are sick? So, but keep on saying it even when you are healed. That's how it works. Keep on saying, Father, I thank you but that by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed. As you wake up first thing in the morning, you feel your body is well. You say, Father, thank you. Thank you. Because the day when you are sick, now you realize how blessed you were yesterday. Okay? But you could not see that because you were focusing only on your problems. Let not your hearts be troubled. So he says, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Can we... We are getting ready to learn 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 
verse 16, NIV. 2 Thessalonians 3, 16, NIV. Now, may the Lord of peace. <laughs> you see, how, how, who is our Lord? He is the Lord of peace. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, NIV. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with you all. I like that. Can I repeat this? Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with all of you. I like that. May the Lord of peace himself give you his peace. May he extend his peace to you like a river. May you experience the fullness of the peace of God that when others are troubled and moving around like that house that I told you about where they can't sleep because it's dripping all the way. You, for you, the peace of God is guarding and mount garrisoning over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So it means when now when this force of peace, the spiritual force of peace, when you allow it to grow, then your faith will strain. Because if you are exercising your faith, but you are troubled, your faith will crumble. Amen? So the enemy knows that the Bible talks about faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you are keeping on hearing the word of faith. You are keeping on receiving. And he knows he can't can attack you there. But he knows if I can still have joy. If I can attack her peace. Then I'll get her. And you will find you thought you were a woman of faith. But now all the verses are gone. How many of you have ever realized that? It's very easy to counsel other people when they have a problem. And you've got all the scriptures. Amen. But when you yourself are facing the same problem, those scriptures no longer mean anything. The enemy steals your joy. The enemy steals your peace. And now you get your heart being troubled. But I say, may the Lord of peace himself. Give you peace at all times. And in every way, the Lord be with you all. We are going to pray and just thank God for the peace of God in our hearts. Amen. We are going to pray and thank God for the peace of God in our hearts. And let not your hearts be troubled. And may his peace be your portion. As we are going to pray for ourselves, I want us also to pray for others. You can pray for other people here in the church that you can think of. You can pray for any other person that you want to pray for to say, may the peace of God be their portion. May their hearts not be troubled. Did you know that if the peace of God is stolen from your heart, sometimes you even find people committing suicide. You hear so and so have killed themselves. So they were feeling, it's just too much for me. And sometimes you even get surprised. You say, but this person was a Christian. This person was a person of faith. What did the enemy do? The enemy stole the peace. Now you can't see a reason to live anymore. May the Lord extend his peace to you like a river. May the Lord of peace himself give you his peace. The Lord be with you all. We are going to thank God and pray. Let's take about five minutes just talking to the Lord. And those things that were troubling you, start taking the peace of God. Be relaxed. Be like Jesus in the middle of the storm. You remember when Jesus was with his disciples in a boat? The Bible says there was a storm. A storm and then the boat was about even to capsize. But what was Jesus doing? He was asleep. The disciples say, Master, don't you care that we perish? How is it that you have no faith? Amen? He was asleep. 
I want us to experience that peace. Peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. We can stand, stand and thank God for the word that we've heard. Pray for ourselves. Pray for others. And I want you to experience this peace. At the end, I'm going to offer prayer just to encapsulate it all so that we may walk in the peace of God. So that when we hear about the fruit of the Spirit, we don't just think it's some fruits there, but it's something that's deep within me. To guard my faith, so that my faith, with, my faith walk with the Lord will not fail. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, we bless you. We honor you for your peace. We thank you, my Father, for your peace that surpasses all human understanding. And as I look at this, your children, Lord, it is your peace and your grace that has kept them. But Father, indeed, even whatever they have been going through, your peace has been their pillar, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, I lift all these, your children, unto thee. You know what each of them is going through, O oh God. Mighty Father, you said you will lift us up by your right hand of power. May you lift them up, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that their faith may not fail. In the name of Jesus, may the fruit of the Spirit flourish in them, flourish in their hearts. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, we bless you. I pray that Indeed, let their hearts not be troubled. Yes, let them experience your peace. Let your peace guard and mount garrison over their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we honor you. Father, we bless you. Father, we glorify thee. We have our portion in you. Your peace, your peace, your peace. And our hearts will not be troubled. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I give you praise. I give you glory. I say Come through for your children. Give them the breakthrough they need. Mighty Father, even as they are patiently waiting for you, indeed reward their faith in the name of Jesus. Let them inherit the promises through faith and patience. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come against all the forces of darkness that are frustrating this, your children. I say, devil, you've got no hold over the possession of God. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I say, let them go, let them free in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you, I bless you, that indeed your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, patience, will all be manifested in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.